Hey, Andy Grammer here, and you are listening to the Good Parts Podcast. Tell me your story, but don't leave the good parts out. Episode 14 of the Good Parts. We got ex ambassadors on. Uh, this is also the final episode of season one. Do not worry, season two. I'm already working very hard on it, uh, but I'm also working very hard on a album for all of you. So we'll let you know soon when season two is going to drop. Um, thank you all for coming on this journey. It's been awesome. This is something that I crave in my life is deep, long-winded conversations with people that uh, inspire me and that I look up to. And so this has just been a dream come true. And so I've gotten a lot of your um, you know, your text messages or your Instagram messages, all, all of it saying that you enjoyed it as much as I do. So we're in a win-win situation because this is really, really incredible. And I'm just going to keep going with it and keep plowing forward because uh, these are conversations that I think need to be had. Plus, they just make me happy. So without further ado, let's get into um, X ambassadors This guy, we are fellow upstate New York homeboys. And um, I, you'll hear, I, I'm, I saw him on on tour, but it was too early. We were like groggy coffee to actually say hi. So this is a nice way to meet uh, one of my friends, now friends, who, and you'll hear me in this episode talk about it, has one of the one of the best songs I, I've ever heard. I love it. It's called Joyful. I'm going to put it at the end. They also have a sick new song called Boom, which I'll put at the beginning, which we'll lead into this this podcast with. I think we usually lead in with the with the good parts, but this time we're going to lead in with Boom, which is one of their new jams that should be out pretty sh- either out right now or out shortly. And uh, man, I freaking love all of you. And uh, more podcasts, more music, it's all coming soon. What an incredible first season! Uh, get into it, ex ambassadors.
So we're here with uh, Sam from X Ambassadors, and we're getting we just we've been chatting the whole time. So we're just gonna let you in on. This I know chat. it's so it's really it's the hardest thing because like I get in and we're just we're just there's a lot talking. of good stuff I, that passed already. But, but it's I know okay. yeah yeah it's okay. Yeah. We, we can we can we're into back. coffee right now. Basically, I I'm starting to like good coffee, and I just made some pretty bad coffee. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he's very nice. He just met me for the first time. I'm like, do you want some coffee? And he's watching me make it. He's like, oh, I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> To be fair, whatever, whatever you're doing, like you don't seem like someone who's taking who's doing this right. To be so, like, fair, yeah. To be fair, did you already I'm, have your coffee? I'm super caffeinated okay, right okay, now. Okay. I, if I have any more, usually I can only do like one cup a day. Now, okay, I'm gonna interject even before one more thing. The first time we've met already, but we met and you didn't know it because we were in Cleveland. And oh my god, this is awesome! I like roll off the tour bus mm. and I walk. I look up like hipster coffee on the app, whatever. And I go to like the nice coffee shop. Me and E-Man were there. And you came in and I'm like, I know I'm going to interview this guy. And I was already, what, what some people don't understand is like, that's my, when I'm right off the tour bus, yeah. I literally like just got out of bed. Like that's yeah. my, I'm in the kitchen, like making my coffee with the rest of the world around. I probably also had just gotten off the yeah. tour bus. So I saw you and I was like, this isn't it. This isn't the time. Uh, <laughs> Both of our faces were just like, I'm in I'm in the kitchen. I'm gonna meet oh you. I'm gonna meet you in the right space. You would have said hi to me though, and I would have lit up. You totally you would have you would have, but I was already there too. It's literally like bumping into someone that you don't know in, in your kitchen, oh like God. right outside. Yeah. But this is a much better way to say it's hi. It's so true. I it's like, real, dude. It's real. It's real. It's real. I get off that bus and I you know, we actually now have a pour over system on the bus. This is that like we're very into it. Okay. So our um, our our stage manager is like really really into coffee. He's thirteen years sober and is like only coffee. It's like coffee is like yeah. his okay. his it's shit. So he got all of us into hand grinding our own beans, like doing the pour over <laughs> system. So I do that. I do that every morning here in LA. It's actually like one of my favorite. It's like a ritual that's beautiful. It's it's so great. I mean, like, look, I also have access to like some of the best coffee shops in in all of LA and because, like, right yeah, in Echo Park. I'm the like, the reason that I don't want to get good at it yeah. is I like the whole thing is that I leave and go yeah. and I'm surrounded by this yeah. thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, you got, a little, you got a little, I got something. Okay, oh, cool. Boogie. Appreciate it. A little oh, boogie. Coming, Getting coming. started. All right. Tis the season. Tis the, all right. All right. Nice. I got, got you. you. If you I have out? anything, no, you're good. If I have anything in my teeth, you're doing great. You let me know. Um, we are also uh, upstate New York boys. Oh my god, dude! Hell well, yeah, we were just talking about garbage plates. Yes. Which let's go into it for a second because just get in. I'm talking between bites. Um, I never had a garbage plate in my entire life until never. <laughs> I have never had a garbage plate. It's a it's like a Rochester thing. It's like Rochester. That's like it's so in, great in Ithaca, and gross. In Ithaca, I mean, it's like such a uh, like. It's it's kind of its own little world. Ithaca, you, yeah, it's it's kind of its own little world, somewhat separate from Syracuse and Binghamton and Rochester and Buffalo and Albany and like the rest of upstate New York is okay, but because it's got it's, is there an Ivy League there? Yeah, Cornell is there. Cornell, that's right. So there's so you a little think you're better bit, than us. There's a little bit of this like air of superiority. Okay, okay, okay. There, but that's like that's that's in town. Yeah, you know. And I grew up outside of town, and it was not like that. Did you there. find very when you were rural growing up there yeah. that like your was it a good place to dream? 
the best. It was. It's the it's the fucking best, man. Because it's so goddamn depressing most of the time. Yeah. It's so goddamn depressing. Like, I mean, like you know. the average person that you would run into, though, like, would they think that your band would go somewhere? Because my, my no. wife grew up here. And oh, this yeah. place is like, of course. Oh, what yeah. What are you talking about? You'll be, yeah. You could be. You should be. Yeah. A, why are you not a movie star? Yeah. <laughs> but upstate New York is like, sure, dude. Have yeah. fun. Like, have fun with your band, though. Especially because, like, as you know, in upstate New York, it's like, it's like roots rock bands. Yeah. Like you got like John Brown's body and you got like, uh, what was the band that did the, uh, Rusted Roots. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So you have bands like that that are, that just kill it. They crush it. There's a, there's a, a festival outside of, um, up in Trumansburg called the Grassroots Festival. That's yeah. like full on hippie world music festival. Like that's the scene. I remember when I moved out to California and people would say, like, make fun of Dave Matthews. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, yeah, wait, what, what do you mean? You don't think he's cool? What are you talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, dude. It what was, do you it, mean? Dave it, Matthews is, like, religious. It's Everybody so, goes. It's so wild. And, they did, and it wasn't that way. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I grew dude. Up somewhere else. This is weird. It, so, like, for, for my band, I mean, we started making music together. I started playing in bands when I was 13, you yeah. know, Um and we were so obsessed with like Coldplay and like Kings of Leon and the Red Hot Chili Peppers and and the White Stripes and like I wanted to be like those bands. I wanted to be playing like big arena alternative rock. Ugh. And there was just not there was like nobody. Nobody was doing it. Nobody was doing it. There was like a pop punk thing though, yes, right? That's absolutely. very different. Very different. <laughs> Very did you different. have a phase with that? No, I never did. I was like, man, I, the type of music I listened to, my first, the first music I ever fell in love with, like deeply fell in love with, was was hip hop from from the get go. Yeah, like I had that. I had Fuji's the score. I had so Lauren, Lauren Hill's record. So that's that's like an introduction to R and B, you know, for me, and uh, and that neo soul movement like D'Angelo and Eric yeah. Badu, and then I got into like all the kind of backpackery hip hop stuff and yeah and then fell in love with the classics like KRS1 now you just said the yeah oh my god yeah i mean in like, you you got you got he's in there that is very very kind and yeah. very untrue it's in there thank somewhere you. thank you thank no like you. yeah like he'll hit like a the way that he'll hit something and like hold on it and back into it and now it's just like he's bonkers yeah he's bonkers he's have so you seen good. him live no but i want to i was it's like it's it's a, a i remember the day that i heard experience. about him i was in like a we didn't. It wasn't even a van tour. It was a Tahoe tour. Um, oh man! And we did. Me. We did the Honda Odyssey tour. <laughs> yes. Yeah. With we, the broken. With broken doors. I mean, we're not, I'm not talking about. We're not, these aren't sponsored tours. These are just like I don't know if yours was sponsored. Oh, definitely Never. not sponsored by Honda Odyssey. <laughs> it's just like no. It's a huge. It, it's a. It's a Tahoe that we threw a Yakima on to get the. It was like you'd shut the door tight and there would be a bag on top that would hold all the merch. You know who that tour was sponsored uh, by who? though for us. Taco Bell. Oh, really? We had just played a show, an unofficial South by Southwest show, and gotten five hundred dollars in Taco Bell bucks. Oh, and didn't have a. I we were like in between vans. Our that first so van had great. broken down. So interesting. Oh my god, our first Did van. Did you eat it all? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We found the cheat code. So so basically, what we would do is we would order off the Fresca menu, which is like. The healthy option. <laughs> yeah. It's essentially like a Taco Bell taco with no sauce. Okay. 
And we would get these just like wimpy tacos and eat them for at least one meal every day um, <laughs> to save money. And the most, the worst part about it was is that we would be going into these places and we'd have the, each, we'd have all these little cards and each card only had $5 worth of Taco Bell bucks on it. Okay. So, but there were four, there were five of us, the four of us in the band and then a tour manager. And then we would have to, but we'd make a big order that would be like 20 bucks or something like that. But you, but you have to do it, but you have to do it per card. So like they couldn't like, okay, it's $20, swipe one, swipe two, swipe three, swipe four, you're good. You'd have to do it incrementally. So like I'd have to order two tacos that were like four fifty. Swipe the card, and then that card had like thirty cents on it. So we'd like chuck it, chuck it, and you couldn't combine them. Oh my! It was God. like it was just such a nightmare every time. But we got so good at it. Yes, the Taco at Bell explaining math. at explaining it to everybody because also no one knew what these little cards were. They're like, where's money? <laughs> what is this? Oh, the people at the Taco yeah, Bell. Yeah, yeah, because it was like I mean, sure. you know, that's amazing. We're not only going to like the corporate Taco Bell. You come a long offices. way. You're eating some like super hipster this shit right really, now. Really, really good. So man. good. He's got like, like avocados and sweet potatoes here. I am just trying to repay my body back for all the years of that, abuse that I put it through I on love tour. It. Oh, I was saying that uh, that that tour with my drummer and my bass player, I had never heard of D'Angelo, oh. and a whole drive from L.A. to Texas, we just played over and over oh D'Angelo, and I was like, oh my god, this guy's crazy. When that new record came out, I was just like, I was I was freaking out. It's so good. Have you listened to the new one? No, I haven't. Black Messiah. Oof. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard oh my that god, it's crazy. Oh. So so then you you're starting. Um, when do you actually leave Ithaca? I left Ithaca in two thousand. Um, oh, thank you so much. I left Ithaca in two thousand six. And as a band, kind of yeah. So it was. My brother and I, my brother plays keys in the band for he's so good. Yeah, he's good God. He's amazing. Like, he also just had a kid. Did he? Yeah. Oh, Uncle he just Sam. Had, I know. Dude. I'm, I'm Uncle. This is actually his sweater I stole from his house, this ugly Christmas sweater I'm wearing. That's amazing. Um, yeah, he had a little baby boy. Him and his wife got married in March, wasted no time. Wow. And uh, John James Orion Harris is now the first member of that's a big the next deal dude. uncle uncle is big my my nephew has a birthday today oh. and i'm like so excited to get him a present head over there tonight it's i mean the biggest, it's the coolest dude it's the coolest now, i don't have kids but you know my brother and i have such a unique relationship and such a close relationship mm. you know and and this this kid and you know like Talking about our, the early days, like my brother has been through a lot of shit. So for for anyone who doesn't really know, my my brother's blind. He's born blind. Wow, never saw uh, anything. Yeah, any light at all or no? He has a little bit of vision. He has about ten percent of his vision. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, growing up, it you know he went through. He was battling depression and just like oh, there was a lot. And how was the lot. age difference between you two? He's two years older. So, you know, our whole lives, he, you know, dealt with a lot of adversity. And now he is married, happily married, living in a beautiful house in the Hollywood Hills, has a son, <laughs> and is a, I mean, he's a fucking rock star. And I'm like, I, I, I am so happy. So what have you... 
And what's what, extra- What did you get that you wouldn't have got if your brother wasn't blind? Man, I mean like, so my life would have been completely different. Completely different. Like I think the biggest thing for me uh, is that, you know, I think my empathy is heightened yeah. and has been heightened, you know, uh, because I, you know, I was, I was always hyper aware of what I had that he didn't. Whoa. And um, hyper aware of just like the way that people looked at him in the street. Like we lived, we lived together in New York, you know, we lived, we obviously lived together in Ithaca where we grew up. Um, and uh, I have, you know, he's in my band. I spend so much time with him and, and uh, I, you know, I just, he to me is a, and also he's a constant reminder, uh, you know, of, of the things I mentioned, but also because he has found this, this grace and this positivity in his life um, that. Always been there. When did that come? That came later. Wow. That came later, um, but he just has this this kind of like, it is what it is. Everything is, you know, is that's meant to be is meant to be and kind of mentality and, and this gratitude for just everyday life and just being here that I take so much from. I take so much from it mm. on, on a daily basis. Um, you know, I interviewed Need to Breathe in here. Yeah, and they were talking about being brothers in a band and how hard, yeah. how hard that can be. And they actually had like a huge fight. And we talked about it. <laughs> yeah, was it, have there any, any been those? Is it hard to be in a band? With yeah, your man. I mean, well, it, it in the early days it was really hard. It was really hard. You know, like Casey is so he's so talented and and just like the best addition, such an essential part of this band, but. I think, and I think if he heard this, he'd probably agree with me. There's a lot of like self-doubt and and self-loathing going on early on. Mm. And we would have to deal with that on a constant basis. I would be fighting with him all the time. He would be super passive aggressive towards me sure. as the band leader. <laughs> you know, because also I'm the <laughs> I'm younger, younger brother. brother. I'm a younger brother too. Which is like- Obnoxious, dude. We're it's crazy. Worst. It's well, Yeah, but it's a, it's a totally different- thing with me and him too because and this goes back to our childhood like growing up I and this is the, uh, also kind of leading into him being a new dad there were not many moments in our childhood where I felt like he had done something before I had like he Whoa. had this kind of like older brother experience like you know, he did. He wasn't getting his license before I did, and like driving off, and me being like, "Oh man, I can't wait till I get my license and I can drive." Yeah. Um, you know, there was never a, a lot of things like that. You yeah. know, that happened in our childhood. I was always experiencing them for the first time on my own without having seen him do them first. Yeah. Um, you know, including like going to college. I mean, he did leave home before I did. He he left to go to a uh, technical school for piano tuning for the blind. This tiny little school. There are like six other people in his whole school in Vancouver, Washington. Um, but now, as a father, there's this totally different oh, yeah. experience. That's great. That I'm like, wow, what's that Whoa, like? Dude. 
well, because I want to have kids someday too, yeah, you know, and, and, and he's like got this wealth of knowledge now. Now, did he start piano before you were playing? Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. Um, and did he just come, he's insane. He's insane. I mean, he started playing when he was eight and it was just something that he really like latched onto. And, you know, there were, as with, you know, most kids and people, you know, he had a lot of other interests growing up, but that was the one thing that kind of stuck. Uh, but so back to your your original question. Early on, we did fight a lot. Um, and most of it is just because of the weird dynamic that we have as like me being the younger brother, but also kind of like looking out for him a lot and helping him a lot. And there were times where he was like, I don't want to be fucking helped. Like, get off me, you know? And, and then I'm, <laughs> and then I get like testy and, you know, it's, it, but, but I think I, I, I know, I mean, I mean, I would not trade it for anything oh, else. No. It's like such a special, uh, such a special bond. Such a special yeah, thing. It's it's crazy, man. It's it's really like, you know, gets me verklempt. And you guys write songs together? Yeah. Well, yeah. So we, as a band, work on production stuff, and I usually do all the top line cool. myself, and and uh, with input from them. You know, I like to have other people tell me that what I'm doing is not terrible because most of the time I think everything I'm writing is terrible. So yeah. to have them in the room to bounce stuff off of is is really cool. And we've all gotten much better at like communicating with no filters to each other. Which it's is really super a important. hard thing to get, but if you can get really it, hard. it's so special. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, but uh, yeah, it's... it's uh, and how many did you write for this next one that just came out? You, I've heard. I'm very lucky. I've heard yeah. some of the, some of the new shit, and it's fantastic. Thank you. I really man. like it. Yeah, um, we wrote so much. Uh, this is this album. Uh, this is the third iteration of the record. Yeah, okay. we've been through a lot since third we put iteration. The, yeah, so we made the record three times, scrapped it twice, and this is the third. Same songs, new songs. No, new songs. Okay, like new songs, just like cycling through. Um, it's been a real time of transition for us. So we, one of the founding members of the band, is no longer in the band. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. The so no, our guitar player. The guitar player, got it. Yeah, yeah, our guitar player, who was uh, my my best friend. You know, we known each other since we were kids, and and uh, yeah, you know, it's a uh, <sighs> life. It's life. It's you know, it's it's hard. He's dealing with you know, he's battling some some demons and. It just was not conducive to this this life, and and you know we're we're not really speaking right now. Hopefully, you know I've tried to reach out a couple times. Hopefully, you know we'll Dude, see. It's hard. It's it's hard, man. It's and it's, and, and it's band so and hard. Band is like um, family, it, man. It's that's, like that's, family. You live with them. You're yeah. close to them, and then there are things that, that are really, really difficult. And like this Hopefully is everybody my, works through. Yeah, it. this is my, you know, my like brother. I've known him since five. You know, and like yeah. we've always been in bands together. So that was a really big blow for for us. Uh, and so we've been kind of on this journey of like rediscovering who we are. You know, and uh, that happened mid record. That happened mid cycle, mid touring cycle for VHS. Wow. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I I think it's I think it's okay to say this, but he's battling substance abuse, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, and it's something that just affects everybody. And and um, it's funny talking to a lot of our fans. Uh, a lot of people hear 
hear you know bits and pieces of that world in in the songs that mm. we write, and it, it makes me really happy to know that that music connects with with a lot of the uh, community of people who are in recovery, and yeah, uh, you know whether you're in uh, you know a recovering alcoholic or you know uh, an addict or, or or if you're someone who is a family member or a I loved think one, everyone of an addict, should you know. go. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> I think it should be like, hey. You go to like your thing. Yeah. You do this during the week, and then everybody goes to this. Yeah. For something, because yeah. everybody's got something. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so it's uh, anyways that happened, and we were in the midst of like kind of touring, and then figuring out, starting to write songs for the new record. That was 2016. Yeah. And then we wrote a bunch of songs. We had a single that uh, ahead of myself that we were like the label was fired up about. Uh, and you know, I was kind of like, great. I don't really, I I'm so terrible with like picking singles. Oh, I, I know worst. what my favorite songs are, but like, I just never, I didn't think Renegades. You didn't think it was, it. isn't no. this so messed up? I'm so, it's uh... so messed up, man. And, and like, you know, and then everyone's out there telling you like, you just got to put out like the song that you love the most, like, I know. the one you believe in, but it's so much more complicated. It's way than more that. complicated than that. What I know is, and where I'm at with my, next record which is coming next year is i know the heart is there yeah so yeah. once i know the heart is in the record then i start listening to other people to say like okay yeah. which one hits your ears the best which one do we feel because yeah. but the most important thing to me is that it's in there because the worst thing yeah. you can do is chase after single yeah and if you go after single in each writing session then you could you could have a record that was all like chasing yeah and that scares the shit out of me yeah yeah so once i know the heart is there then i go like okay and someone tell me what the hell the single is here because yeah. i don't know and I've been so, wrong so many times. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So so the first iteration of this record, we made me, Adam, and Casey, uh, and with Noah kind of coming in and out uh, while he was in, you know, in sure. rehab and um and we were working through our stuff. We we wrote this record that was like a full rejection of alternative and like that world that we had fallen into because I was like, I feel trapped. I don't want to have to make the same type of music over and over again. Cool. And I'm a singer. I want to sing. I want to show people that we can make this like soulful pop. And so we made this record that we were really proud of. And the label was kind of like, this is really great. I, we, don't really know how to even th wrap our heads around marketing it for you guys. Um, so we were like, okay, cool. We'll try just like putting a couple songs out there and see what happens. Sure. So we put out um, this all the, t all the while we've had a single uh, ahead of myself that was kind of like, hadn't really done anything at alternative radio or, or pop radio, but had like steadily been climbing at cool. uh, uh, um Hot AC, which is very slow format. Very, very super slow. Super slow. I get it. Um, so we put out Joyful and we put out Don't Stay and we made these beautiful visuals. And I'm still so proud of these Joyful songs. Is my favorite song. Oh like you, man. and when I say this to you, my wife was trying to stay to say hi to you, to look you in the eyes oh. and tell you that Joyful is our favorite song of the last oh, year. Oh man, thank Anyone you. Anyone who I'm gonna put it at the front or the end of this podcast. It's my favorite song of the last year. Thank you so There's much. There's nothing man. better than that song. That that means there is so nothing much better than that song. Thank you. You we uh we we went to this, I think it was the Art of Elysium thing. Yeah. And we're sitting there and it was a John Legend thing, and everybody's there, and we're like, 
Derek Huff is next to me on the left. We're all sitting there. And then you walk out and you sing this song, Joyful. And me and Asia were like, what the fuck oh, was man. that? <laughs> that was the best thing I've ever heard. Thank we you. ran home. It wasn't out yet, I don't think. And it, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it was out. It wasn't out yeah. yet. And we're like, we're waiting every day, checking to see when this song comes out. Thank you, man. So, um, yeah, well, holy shit. Thank you. That song means so much to me. And uh, I... I'll, I'll, anyways, this the song that one and Don't Stay we put out, uh, and they didn't really like catch fire like we wanted to. But it doesn't so matter. What do we do with me, that? I don't know. I don't care because I'm I don't so care happy. At all. That song is so good. Fuck Thank everyone. You, man. That song is great. You get to die yeah. knowing that song's great. And in the internet world, it might just come back. Who knows? It might be a movie sync. It might be something that that's kind of shit will yeah. never die. Something yeah. that good is like. What do you do with that? Well, it's a song that was the kind of the the question that everyone was asking. Like the label was like, "This is so special. We wanna we wanna wait until it's like the right moment to release it." And I was getting so frustrated and impatient. It had been we wrote that song fall of 2016. We didn't put it out until the top of the year this year, 2018. Yeah. So like almost like two years. Uh, or no, I guess it was like a year. This is so important that we talk about this because if yeah. you're an artist and you know something is so good, like you you have to be okay with the world not getting it. And yeah. You being like, that's great. Yeah. I don't know what to tell anyone. That's great. Yeah. I just was like, I was like, there's no way I am waiting any longer to put this out because there is some, I mean, as much as there is there is uh, um, validity in, in waiting for the right timing sure. for stuff. I mean, people wait years to put songs out yeah for the right moment and then they do it and it hits and it's like boom and but it's what perfect is, what is the moment the moment it, it doesn't matter you know We're like all waiting for a movie trailer like yeah. everyone's waiting for the right movie trailer for this yeah, song dude. so who the hell knows who the hell knows so we put it out uh my fiance is a filmmaker she directed this beautiful video for it that was all live sound so so, so we recorded it live in a uh, um in the LA theater downtown. And you said you recorded for two days? Uh, yeah, so we, we didn't, no, no. The, the video was shot all in one day. We had a day of rehearsal. Oh, okay, cool. And then we shot it in one day and uh, it was- It's great. Yeah, thank you, man. And it, I wanted to do something because both of that video and, and Don't Stay, and actually ahead of myself too, all have uh, a live recorded element That's to cool. it. That's which, cool. Which I really- um, wanted to do I, I had seen it in a bruce springsteen video for uh streets of philadelphia where yeah. he's like the track is playing in the background but he's like walking and you hear like the the diegetic sounds of his, his footsteps and traffic and and he's just kind of like mumbling the song oh bruce and better i could know what I feel. and and someone has like a boom mic on him and he's got a lav and it's picking up everything and i was like that's so cool that's it feels it. so raw totally and simple it's ballsy too. Yeah, it's really and, cool. And so we did it for all the videos, and then I realized later when my brother was talking about it in an interview, he was like, "Yeah, it's great for me because when a video, when someone's watching a video in the room with me, it just there's no new experience for me. <laughs> you know, I'm just hearing the song again. Uh, but yeah. this is cool because there's something uh, different about it because wow. it's live." And I didn't even realize that that was maybe one of the reasons why I oh, wanted to man, do that. Oh man, that's really cool. 
But that song, man. I, I want to just, I can't get off it. No, let's talk cause, about cause it. Let's talk really, about it. It's a really important thing for artists to talk about because when you go to write another song, are you chasing that feeling again of this beautiful art? Or are you now questioning? It's so, there's, it's undeniably my favorite song of the last year. Thank that you. has to count for something. I know. Right? I know. Like I had a little bit of this experience with my last record I put out. It's my favorite. Yeah. And it has one that did really well, but the rest of it has done like, like the same thing. Like people come up and freak out the way that I'm freaking out to you. Yeah. But as far as a mass thing, not as big as my first two records. Yeah. What do I do with that information? I'm going like I'm writing the next record. I don't want to start reaching. I'm I'm trying to chase this thing. Yeah. I'm trying to chase this thing of like I know that that is so good. Yeah. Every lyric. Every beat in Joyful. Yeah. Oh, Every, thank you, man. the sax, the, the Saturday Night Live That's sax me. solo. That's, I know. The yeah. whole thing, it, it made me, um, it did something that rarely happens in music where like I had to stop and it took me to a place. Oh, man. And, and so if, if the world or this mass media thing doesn't get that, who, what, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was something I really, it, it was a, a blow for me. It was Are you a at blow. peace with it? Yeah, now I am. Now I am. At the time, so we put it out at the top of the year this year, and I was expecting an avalanche, and and you yes. know, I, I it was not that. <laughs> it was now, just not that. Uh, I'll bring up a story. Have you ever heard Billy Joel talk about Piano Man? No. Same thing. Really? Piano Man did not take off at radio. Didn't do. It was like a super slow climb, yeah. and now it's his biggest song. So who the hell knows? Yeah, dude, I don't know. And you know, I think that song, we had like built this whole record. We built a whole album around that song and that vibe and that feeling. And uh, we ended up walking away from that and wow. just letting it kind of be its own moment. And I'm I'm good with it, man, because it's, it's a song that we're going to play forever. And ever. ever. Forever. Yeah. I mean, we will always play that at our live shows. Anyone yeah. who's listening right now, just guarantee that you For will. For the rest of time, when you catch one like Don't that. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. You, you will hear one, it. It's so great. Because it's so fun to play live, and it just means so much to me. You know, it's like... It, we wrote it at a time when all this shit was, was happening with my friend and, and you know, like just... Uh, we were in this weird transition place where we were trying, and I was I was desperately trying to just like live in the moment. I was exhausted by tour yeah. and and felt like I was kind of floating. And uh, in the midst of like a crazy election and and uh, you know that that atmosphere caught hold of every every one of us in a different way. And um, I just wanted to write something like that and and we did it casey sent me these chords uh, and i was like listening to him in the car and i came up with that hook the to be joyful joyful so good and then brought it into we were just renting an airbnb and i i wrote the whole song just over these chords yep. that he sent me sent it to adam he was like this is sick program drums over it and then he sent those back to me and we turned it into like this uh, crazy uh, like uh, Joe Cocker. Yeah, super um, Joe Cocker. That's what like it is. the band. Oh man, you saying that is what got me now. That's mm-hmm. what it is. It's yeah. Joe Cocker. It's get by with a little help from my friends, uh, Joe Cocker. That's like, sick. that's the- That's the blueprint, vibe. yeah. That's the vibe. And, so, like, and, like, and like Ray Charles. Yeah. And, and sax, were you like a band kid? Oh yeah, I was a full band kid. Nice. I played saxophone. Saxophone was my first 
instruments. So I was always, it was always alto sax for me. Um, I played a little tenor, uh, but that was the Did first. Did you have to play clarinet first? Mm, no, no, I just they went straight. You, they in had, my school, you, you had to play clarinet before really? you could play sax because everybody thought the sax was cool and there was just going to be too many sax players. Yeah. So they're like, all right, if you want to play sax in fifth grade, in fourth grade, you have to play the clarinet. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not waiting. For some reason, it was like tr- everyone wanted to play the trumpet. I play the trumpet yeah. so badly. I am not the best saxophone player in the world, by the way, but I, I can get by. Yeah. I can get by with it. And like, if you give me a lick, I can learn licks and play them. I can practice it yeah. and I'll get it. We had you know? a couple sets, of, like, sets ago, uh, we had like a looper pedal and I would like loop up harmonies on trumpet. Yep. And that yep. was really cool. Have you done that? I do that live every show. Oh, you do? Awesome. Dope. So cool. What do you use? The RC three hundred. That was what we used. Yeah. Yeah. There's this trick that I can I can tell you. So so we you play to a click. Yeah. Yeah. So so I we play to a click too. And and if you have the click in your ear, you have the RC three hundred. It's got three tracks. The first track you just press record and press stop, and whatever tempo that like the computer recognizes that as, you can go in adjust the tempo to like you're playing at one twenty BPM. Okay. Play it at one twenty. And then anytime any loop that you're starting on the other two pedals will start will lock in with the with the stop time. So like Ooh. you have to start it on, but if you hit it to stop it a little off, it'll still start right in the same place. It's like locked into the grid. Whoa! Because what I found is that like I'd start it on time, and then I'd stop it if it wasn't locked in. If the first track hadn't been locked into the tempo, yeah. I would stop it and it would be just like totally off. Yeah. Uh, and the loop. Have you would, had some massive failures with oh the God, looping situation? So many. I mean, the let's wor- talk about those. I have had awesome, Ugh. awesome, massive live loop failures. I mean, that's luckily, a whole other podcast. It's a whole. <laughs> like, it's just so embarrassing. Because <laughs> if you make a mistake, you hit a wrong note. That's one thing. If you hit a wrong note and it just keeps coming back. Is like oh Jesus my God. enough? Enough. I just will just stop it. So I'll me and Greg, it, which no one on this, no one who's listening to this podcast cares about this, but I'll give you ten seconds. We we tried to create one. Uh, I had like a whole stage set up where I have like go around and play different drums and mm-hmm. stuff and, and loop everything up. Yeah. And we wanted to have it so that you could mix it from front of house, which nothing we can't seem to find one like that. So we built one that oh was my like God. We called it the Devil Machine. We is a very like broad term. Greg yeah. built one. Yeah. And uh, it worked some nights. I'd say it worked like what, sixty percent of the time. Yeah, seventy, seventy-five. But but twenty-five percent is still quite a lot of time yeah. to be in front of like massive crowds. Yeah, where it's like, nope, that's not working. Oh shit! And it's coming back around, and it's not working again. And oh god, yeah. And like nothing. Anyways, anyway. it's such a nightmare. It's such a nightmare. But it, when it works, it's so dope. When it so works, it's, like, it's, it's really worth, cool. It's worth trying it. So yeah, we've been doing that, and we've you know we've. I, the stuff that I do saxophone looping wise is like so basic and so minimal. It's like creating chords. It's really nice though. And it, it creates a, a yeah. moment in the show that you know will always be interesting. And uh, that's great. Yeah. On, one other thing that I want to ask you was you, I was like watching an interview and you said you had a Brian McKnight phase. Oh, yeah. That was like the first. What's your favorite Brian McKnight song? Um, if it's all right. <laughs> Oh no! Wait, no. That that's that's not Brian McKnight. That's Montel Jordan. Sorry, that's oh, Montel okay, Jordan. Similar. Brian McKnight was the um, one. Make the uh, dream come true. Two. Wanna be with you. Three. Girl, it's plain to see you're the only one for me. 
Yeah. Oh my so god. Good. Anyways, that, that's neither here nor there. But that's so. Hey, I had baby. like a really good Brian McKnight zone, like in my mom's minivan, just like yeah. getting in touch with myself. That song, and then that, uh, and and Montel Jordan. Uh, uh, if it's alright. Let's go somewhere and get it on tonight. I'm gonna go shoot a good tonight. Yes. Oh my God. Those I saw those videos. I'm I was like watching TV and I saw them when I was like nine and I was like, You're like this. In. This is dope. This. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So I was like, I was just from like the age of like nine to I mean f- f- now, forever I've yeah. been obsessed with with hip hop and R&B that's always been at like the kind of the root of 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 what I everything that I draw from and so I want to go back to the record so you, the first iteration of the record sounds all like joyful yeah so the first iteration of the record doesn't sound all like joyful but it's very very much like rooted in that soulful pop R&B world okay and we what is the like what? Why not just re- like right now? Is more music better or not better? Or are you guys coming from a place of like hold it back and only release certain things because we want to keep something? Well, we haven't been holding back. Is the funny thing? It feels like we have, but we haven't because between the time that we put the record out in 2015 and now we've put out. Let's see, one, two, three, four, six. I think we put out six or seven singles. Got it. So we're doing singles and, you know, it, it depends. Like we put out Joyful and Don't Stay and then we put out the song called Devil You Know because it, oh. it got a bunch of big sync opportunities right. and course. we put that out and a song called Torches that also had a big sync opportunity and then uh, the song Hoping that we did with ACLU. And, uh, you know, I, I was featured on a couple different tracks and stuff. So so we're definitely not taking the less is more approach. Of course, yeah. But with this re- iteration of the record, what it came down to was like, I was so laser focused on on this sound and creating the sound and putting and defining, redefining ourselves as this sound. Interesting. That I think I let, I think what it came around to me realizing was that it was more my ego getting in the way and yeah. my ego being like, no, I want people to know that I can sing like this and that we can play like this as a band. Yeah. Uh, and that was not the right move. Okay. We ended up um, with, important, we ended up kind of moving away. To go yeah. Down. Listen, dude, I'm so, I'm so glad because the record we have now, I'm so proud of. Cool. So we, we kind of came to that conclusion on our own of like, this is not ready yet. And then realizing like, Okay, maybe if we want to sh- sell this to the world, we got to find an alternative radio sinky song. So yeah. we started chasing that. Cool. We chased it. That's we great. chased it. <laughs> we chased that motherfucker. And we got a bunch of cool things started. And I and then we ended up, I brought it all. We ended up uh, bringing Ricky Reed on to oh, executive produce, who is like, now we are close, close friends. Such a good and he's like, Someone I will be collaborating with for a very, very, very He's long such time. A great He's dude. so good. Yeah. We brought all this music to him, and he said two things to us. First was that the soulful stuff, and like we were doing like this like funky shit. He was like, "This is really cool, but it sounds like you are showing everyone, hey, look at me, I can do this." Mm. 
And that's exactly what it was. That's what it was. That's exactly what it was. You know, with the exception of joyful, like being just this pure thing. Yeah. That that was that still is untouchable. You yeah. know, and that and don't stay. I I love both of those songs so much. And then with the newer stuff that we had been chasing, this like alternative single that like felt right for the sync world, and he was like, "This stuff is cool too." I hear. I don't know what the songs are about. And I hear none of you in them, mm. which shit, I'm, someone- I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, yeah, I'm like wet. You <laughs> tell me that shit, I'm just like, I'm just like, ah, okay, great. You know, you want me to put more of my? Yes, of course, the world <laughs> needs course. to hear more yeah, of, yeah. of my voice, of course. <laughs> so, so we went back and we reworked a lot of that. Um, one of them was a song called "Hey Child," which you heard, yeah. which was like totally great. different. Thank you. And that turned into a real personal one for me and, and uh, you know, kind of a love letter to my friend and, and uh, to, my, to my future nephew being like, hey, man, I know the world can be a tough place, but, uh, you know, I promise you it's going to be all right. Yeah. You know, um, that turned into that. And so to be able to insert more of that heart that you were talking cool. about, we were able to do that. And now we have a record that is a beautiful marriage of, everything that we all and I wanted to do with like flexing. Yeah. You know, and showing like the world, like, hey, we we have some really interesting some really sounds. really cool, weird shit. And yeah. also songs that feel just like massive. and So good. And But and- who knows? Like, look, who fucking knows? This is an album that I'm so proud of that yeah. the label's hyped on like the label's hyped on it right now. Like everyone is feeling good, like ready to go. Like 2019 is ours. It's yours. Maybe it's not. No, I mean Who fucking knows? But that's fine. <laughs> but that's I'm like the thing is like we all You just all have to kinda, ride it. We all you just ride it. it man. You go, you show up every day. And like how good I mean, like this sounds like corny, but you know, like how lucky are we? The most. Like how lucky are we? We're in this beautiful, beautiful house, like you're writing killer songs. It's so I'm lucky. writing killer songs. It's so know, lucky like, to do it. And you just have to ride the wave. No, you never know. And you just keep making art. But yeah. the biggest thing I'll take away from here is when you know that something is good, you have to put it out. Yeah. When you know that something is good, you have to put it out. Don't be an egomaniac and think everything you do is good. Yeah. But when you know that, like, this is just great. So if the, and I, I, I've, I pulled that card very rarely in my career, yeah. but there were a couple of times where I was like, this is great. Everybody shut up. This has to go out. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, there's. I think there's definitely uh, something to be said for patience. Mm-hmm. I think that we are all inherently very impatient people. Oh, yeah. in, in, as as creators and as artists, we all are like, no, it it is right now. I wrote this today. It has to come out today. Yeah, like, and I think we're also in like a data driven space where if if you don't get this like some research back immediately that something's great, then people are like trying to figure out maybe it's dead and that's not worth it. It's like, no, no, no. Some things I just know are great and I have to put it out. Yeah, man. But that doesn't work with business. Who the hell knows? Art, whatever. Who knows? Who the hell knows? I don't know. And that's like, that's, but that's, I mean, I would rather be in that space than in a space of like predictability and like statistics and like only. So have there been a couple times where you knew that you had the thing? Never. 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 (laughs) Never. I like am so amazed when I talk to other writers who have like had hits and they're like, you know, like I put this song, I, I was like, nah, like fuck that, fuck that. We're gonna put this song out. And who I are knew these it. people? I it 
I never have felt that. I have never felt that. And I have felt that so hard about the wrong song. So then I've never felt it about the right one. I felt that way about the song Unconsolable, which is like our first single that we put out on Interscope. And and like I felt that way about Joyful and like these songs that my friends and all like people I knew had heard and they were like, yo, this song this is it. This is it. This is it. And I had felt it too. And I had made it. I was like, this is it. And then it's just not it. Renegades, I like wrote in my in my fiance's uh, childhood bedroom in her house in Massachusetts, like on over Christmas, like around this time in 2014, and uh, it was like just we were just pulling at strings about at anything. Like we were trying to put a record out, our first record, and I was in like the Alex the Kid camp where I'm just writing all the time, awesome. writing all the time. It was really, really. Uh, very, very invaluable. Um, and he was like, uh, look, there's this this Jeep campaign that's that's maybe happening. Uh, I think maybe we should try and write something for it. I was thinking about writing a song called Renegade or like Renegades. And I was like, cool, great, anything. And I just Done. wrote like a couple different versions of a chorus. We ended up landing on this like folky kind of thing. Yeah. And I wrote a hook over that that he was like, cool, write verses to this. And I did and then sent it to him. And then- Couple weeks later, he was like, he was like, "This is great! Like, they really like it. They want to also they want to try shooting a version of the commercial with this song, and a version of a cover of This Land Is Your Land, which we also did." Okay, and uh, and then uh, I'm, this whole time I'm like, man, I'm kind of curious, like, what car they're trying to market right now? Yeah, and I go online and it's a Jeep fucking Renegade. Renegade. Yeah. Oh my god! I was like, perfect. wow! I just got We're in a good totally spot. tricked into writing a jingle, but. <laughs> Cool, but like, cool. Like, I'm with it, I'm here. And the song is great. And I love it, and I love it, song. and I connected with it and We in such a in such a surprisingly deep way. Yeah. Um, you just never, like, growing up, we were always like, never sell your songs to commercials, never sell, like, but the, the connection that I ended up finding with this song and that our fans found with this song I mean, like we were always a band that that really were insistent upon being ourselves and doing our own thing, and and you know we lived in Brooklyn and we're trying to make music in like the heyday of of indie rock and in like two thousand eight and two thousand thirteen, like th- when every band was doing like this crazy like baroque pop stuff, and I, I we just couldn't do that. We were this alternative rock band. Which like is amazing. Arena. The type fact that shit. you guys are Thank crushing you. as an alternative rock band in 2018, <laughs> so, 19 so, is unbelievable. I'm so scared every Congratulations. day. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but we and then, you know, and then the way that we operate with uh being who we are as people and, and my brother and I, and yeah. like we are always looking out for each other. And um are unafraid to to be ourselves and and uh, and Casey is the epitome of that I yeah. think in my mind and so we made this music video that was all about the disabled community and and uh, it yeah the song transformed into this really personal thing it's so good and, so tell me and, a little more about because um, I'm a huge fan of Alex yeah like the drums that he somehow gets he's great man. are very specific and and I don't think there's other producers I'll be like oh those drums are I I know who that is yeah. Uh, did you know getting into his camp? Was there a reason? Because he was like the Imagine Dragons yes. guy, right? Yeah. And then 
I think Dan like found you or something. Yeah. So it we got a random email that that Alex the Kid wanted to meet with us uh, to maybe work on some stuff. Cool. And then that slowly turned into no, he actually has a record label and maybe wants to sign you guys. Uh, and this is coming right off the tail of us being courted by a couple labels and everyone passing on us. So we were like, okay, sure, we'll take another one. <laughs> the roller coaster. And I met him and we really connected. Uh, and uh, he, I mean, his work ethic is crazy. And the what he's so good at, he's, he's so great at finding these, these incredibly talented people and bringing them together. And and people who are willing to like put up with, I would send him something, and he'd say no. Just no. And I'd say and I'd say like, okay, what what do you want me to? What do you want me to change about this? And he's like, I don't I don't know. I don't feel it. Try it. Send me more ideas. And I would have to go back to the drawing board with nothing, and then rewrite, send it, and get another no, and just keep doing that until it was like, oh, that's dope. And it's brutal, but it really like that style of of working uh, changed the way that I write, and and has definitely like undoubtedly made me a better songwriter. So uh, what I what I'm finding right now, a season that I'm going through in writing, is that I will st- I'll do that to myself, like two hours in, yeah. if I don't think the idea is cool. I would never do that before, but just like this faith that something will come. Oh, it's right. the hardest. It's the really hardest, hard. man. Because also you have sessions with like people like, I know lately I've been having sessions with, uh, been lucky enough to have sessions with so many talented Unbelievable people. And every people. day yeah. I am so nervous walking into it. I'm like, please, God, let us write something good. Because sometimes I've had experiences where I go in with like a big dog songwriter. Oh, yeah. And we write nothing. And I'm like, nothing. I leave and I'm like, oh my God. I really like, I got I thought I was good at this. I gotta get a new job. I thought, you know? thought that I knew who I was. Right? It's leaving a session with like a top, top writer and, and knowing either that you literally got zero or that what you wrote is just dog shit is one oh, of the weirdest man. experiences. It's so hard. You go home and you're just like, you're having dinner and you're like, I don't know who I am. I don't know if I'm good at things. I'm pretty sure it's over for me. It's really crazy. Yeah. And it's and it's so crazy that we all put that much pressure on ourselves yeah. every time. You gotta be willing to bomb. You have to be willing to bomb. That's a part of it. I'm trying to get used to that. And like, you know, I also, there are also producers and songwriters that, that we've worked with or who I've worked with on my own who... We haven't written anything that's come out or anything that's even good, but I just like, I love these people. I know. I just want to hang out with them. So like, (laughs) so we just keep writing together. (laughs) Yeah. Now is Alex still your guy that you send stuff to? We didn't really work with him on this, on this new record. No. Got it. Um, But uh, it's been so. It's like a training process that happened. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That was really important. And he was very, very integral on that, on that first record. So Um, good. But uh, you know we're also still writing, and and we we have been working with him a, a little bit on it. Um, but mostly it's been with Ricky Reed, and oh, and cool. I just again I can't I mean I can't say enough good things uh, about him. That like dude's incredible. I, he's he's so good, and just like the way that we work together is we'll go in and production is secondary. 
Production is secondary. The first thing is like, let's make this song. Let's write this song. And he's like invested in your perspective. Mm. In fully invested in your perspective. Is not like the type of person that steps, you know, steps on you or like like and it and it's and is also very okay with um you saying like, you know what, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah. And like Okay. Takes that yep. and moves on. Moves on. Amazing. Um, okay, yeah. let me hit you with some of these questions. This is, you're the best. Let's do it. I could t- man, I could talk. I feel like I could talk for hours. I love it. Dude, no, it's uh, so good. You're the best. Um, okay, so what is everybody has a good answer to this question. And yeah. it can be it can be any answer you want to give. What is the most spiritual experience you've ever had? Oh man. Um ever in my life. Holding my nephew. Ooh, yeah. Holding good. my nephew for the first time. I was like, I'm crying right now. I'm yeah. like, I I was such a mess. I was like holding him <laughs> in the hospital room, just like trying not to like <laughs> snot on him, like singing quietly, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just such a just taking I, in like the awe of it or like Yeah, man. I mean, like that's this kid is the next generation for for my family and and like oh man i i remembered this moment i was like holding him and i was remembering this moment where casey was so pissed off after this one show and had like locked himself in in our practice space and i was like banging on the door like trying to get him to calm down i hear him like breaking shit inside and he's just like i can't fucking do it anymore i'm like done i'm done i can't do it anymore and that was the thought that was going through my head while I'm holding like his newborn son and we're we're in this great place in our lives and I just uh, could not be more grateful and that's good thankful so that's yeah a good one. that man that wow. that for me I think I think that's I think that's the one it's really good i mean that's yeah what's his name again your, your nephew John James Orion Harris oh yes that's like a king's this name this kid is kind unbelievable of, I mean, he's like Okay. Future. So give me um, a moment in your career that was surreal and then also one that was like super humbling. Oh, man. Um, the most surreal moment, I think, uh, for me was being on stage at Lollapalooza with. Uh, Tom Morello. That was really oh, wild. Yeah. Uh, playing a song that we wrote together. Who the hell do you think you are, uh, dude? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and it was so weird too, because like, I mean, look, we're a band that is now known for like this kind of like folky uh, alternative, and then the ballad, like a power ballad mm-hmm. kind of songs. And here we are. We made like a hard rock song with tom morello so that's weird enough on its own and the fact that like this is one of my childhood heroes like rage against the machine of course they were fucking everything to me they were fucking (laughs) everything i watched that live at the um their last show that they did uh uh on the battle of los angeles tour what was that what was that show where did they do it it was live at the olympia Olympic Stadium or something like that. I don't think it was at the Coliseum. It was like 
live at the Olympic Stadium in LA or the Olympia or something. Mm-hmm. But I would watch that DVD over, over and over, over and over and over again. And like, here's this guy who's like, it's got such a recognizable sound. And I'm like full, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 26 years old and I'm living like my 14-year-old wet dream. Oh my God. It was, it was insane <laughs> in front of like 60,000 people. Massive amounts of people, yeah, yeah. At Lollapalooza. And the most humbling, <laughs> this is also a Tom Morello thing. We played K-Rock uh, a couple, like later on that year, we played the K-Rock uh, uh, Acoustic Christmas. And we had like a six song set. First five songs were just us and we were gonna bring him out for the encore and we crushed the five songs. We were like crushing it. I was like, yes, I'm fucking hyped. And then we brought out Tom and his guitar didn't, wasn't making sound through his amp. And he's like, we're like trying to stall and he's like yelling and like trying to get someone to help him. And he's finally just like, fuck it. Like, let me just plug into the your guitar player's guitar amp. So he plugs direct into the um to the twin reverb, which is not his amp, doesn't have any of his pedals. And I'm I'm like, oh, that's okay. bad. That's not good. All right. Okay, okay. Well, let's 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 go. Let's let's do it. And we start off the track. <laughs> and the tracks are fucked up. And we're like totally off the grid. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I have to stop. We have to stop about like 20 seconds into it. I was like, stop, stop, stop. Start it again. And we tried starting it again and the tracks were still off. Yes. And so our drummer's like, we're just cutting it. There's like a, there's a couple bars of like intro where we can kind of hear a little bit of it being off. So it was off and he was like, no tracks. And so we played the song with no tracks and left that stage feeling <laughs> so bad. <laughs> So awful. I just love it. I love shit like that. Oh my God, there's man. There's so many of those. Oh, not only was it like in an arena full of people and like radio people that were trying to like impress, <laughs> but like also like Tom Morello is on stage with yeah. us. We just looked like such noobs. It was. Oh, it's glorious. It was. It's a big part awful. of it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Best and worst thing about money. Best thing about money is not worrying about uh, where your meal is going to come from. Uh, worst thing about money is uh, wanting more of it. Always. Always. And not feeling like what you have is enough. Yeah. It's really, it's twisted. It's so twisted. And uh, I think that, yeah, I mean like, I don't know. I'm also I'm also like Jewish, so I'm I'm constantly freaking out about my money and always like worried that it's just gonna disappear. So you know, it's a very thick. Do you think about it more now that you have some, or did you think about it more when you didn't have it? I would say it is definitely a little bit less now because it's not like a daily struggle. I I quit my job working at a restaurant in 2011, uh, or no, sorry, 2000, yeah, 2011. uh, I got a a crazy lucky tax break where I got seven grand back from, from the federal government, from the state government. Sick. And so I was like, and I had just got a job uh, performing in a play that was going to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And okay. that was going to pay me a couple thousand bucks. So I was like, I got maybe 10 grand. 
I'm going to live off this for as long as I can. I lived off it for a year and a half. Nice. That dude. combined with, um, I got, uh, uh, luckily, I got a couple relatives who gave me uh, Starbucks gift cards. Huge. 50 bucks each. And I got like four of them. So I had 200 bucks at Starbucks. I would have the Starbucks breakfast sandwich every day with a coffee. And oh, that was like, so I'd sometimes have that for lunch and dinner. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so like coming from that to now having not to worry about like that meal, like that's, that's kind of like put some of my, sure. my stress at, at ease. But now it's like big money thoughts because like, look, we live in LA and like, you know, I'm like, I'm like walking into your house. I'm like, ooh, like I like that table. Like, <laughs> how come I don't have a table like that in my house? Like, shit, you know, maybe I should, maybe I'm, you know, maybe it never should, goes maybe away. Never. It just never goes It'll away. Never go yeah. away. And like, and it, it, it's just, there's so many levels to it, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. And I, I think that, uh, uh, you know, right now I'm at a place where it's not at the forefront of my mind. Good. I sometimes envy people that are like that. Like, do you know some people, like I know some people who are like, they wake up every day and they're like, how can I make money? Like, and they're so good at it. They're so good at it. Like yeah. I got a couple of homies who are like, like all, like I invested in this and like profited. My like problem this. is that I don't know how to kind of do things. Yeah. So if I, if I, I have that in me, yeah. To like, oh, I think I'm going to be like, I think I'm going to learn about real estate. Yeah. And then like, before I know it, I've spent four days watching only YouTube videos about how do you flip houses on real estate. And I'll like go all the way down the hole and I'll be like, this isn't my purpose in life. Yeah, I do. I could yeah. do this maybe. I could get better at this. I can like learn. I'm I'm smart enough to learn things. Yeah. But like, I don't want to spend too much time in this zone. I, There's yeah. like other things to get good at. Yeah, dude. You know I, mean, I mean, like, I am obsessive when it comes to music and and when it comes to like, if I'm trying to learn a part, I, w I will just go into a hypnotic like trance and I'll just play it over and 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 over again. Same thing with writing. If I'm trying, if I'm, I, and I'm trying to break myself out of this habit actually of just like banging my head against the wall. Yeah, totally. Until, until I get it because that, that doesn't Sometimes really help it works, anything. Yeah. Sometimes it works, yeah, yeah, yeah. not always. Um, um, okay. What but, is yeah. the biggest myth you believed about yourself that you've been able to like break free from? Oh man, these are tough. I know. This is the good part. Biggest myth about myself. Like, like that you like grew up believing that you have now you don't believe in anymore. You've, you've been able to work yourself out of. Mm, that I was going to have hair for the rest of my life. <laughs> Did you have incredible hair growing up? I had wild hair, man. I always had a high forehead and like, my dad would always tell me stories like, you know, when I was a kid, like kids used to make fun of me because I had a high forehead and be like, you're going to be bald by the time you're 20. And and I went back to my high school reunions and like I had a full head of hair and none of them had hair. Yeah. And so here I am thinking like, okay, I'm good. Like, but I'm you rock set. this so well. It's part of my look, man. Like, now I'll, it's like your thing. Look, on like a man-to-man -man level, like yeah. I feel more confident and sexier now. Totally. Having lost my hair and having embraced being bald than I ever did before. And I think it's not, I think it's something a lot of dudes are like really afraid to talk about. Totally. You know, it's like, it really, it can feel fully like emasculating and just like you, when when it starts to go and like, I was trying to like 
hold on to. I just kept going shorter and shorter and shorter, you know? And then I was like, fuck it. I'm, gonna I'm just going to shave my head. Do you remember that day? Um, I remember like the time. I remember doing it and being like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> and I kind of like it. And then seeing pictures of myself and being like, whoa. That guy has like a thing. Yeah, That's I remember great. when I first buzzed my hair. That was the biggest thing. When I, when I got a buzz cut for the first time, I was like 22, 23. Yep. And I was like, ah, fuck with this. Like, this, this is kind of cool. cool. Yeah. And so then from there, I just kept going shorter and shorter and shorter. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, that was fully, I, I was like, I, I believed that I was going to have like my dad's hair yeah. for my whole life. And I didn't. And that, like, if that ever happened to me, that I would feel so less cool, so less sexy, like, mm. and I just fucking, now I love it. Just own it. I it's own great. it, man. And it's crazy, too, like, talking to a lot of, like, other, like, bald dudes. Like, uh, I, I, a friend of mine just recently decided to, like, shave his head completely. He's like, dude, I did it. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I was like, how do you feel? Did it. How do you feel? And he's like, I feel fucking great. Feels so I feel good. so good. Oh my I was like, god! Yeah, I feel awesome. I know, right? That's amazing. It's 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 wild, man. It's wild. Uh, where do we go? We Body die? image shit, man. Yeah, dude. Got no, Men gotta talk about it more. You have to. It's real. It's real. It's um, okay, real. so where do we go when we die? <sighs> Best Who guess. knows? Who knows? And I, if I could, <laughs> I would look. I would love to like have a plush like cloud seat up in the heavens yeah. and be able to just look down on everything and everyone. Do you uh, think that what we do here has any effect of of anything next? Or is it like it's over? I believe I believe that you know things are cyclical like in in terms of this life. Like if I'm going through a lot of bad shit, yeah. I know something good is right around the corner. Mm. If I'm going through some good shit, <laughs> this is the problem. I'm always afraid that something bad is going to happen. I'm totally. like it's too good. It's too good. It's too good. It's too good. What's gonna happen? What's up? Um, but uh, I think I think you just have to strike a balance and 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 uh, and really just appreciate things when things are good. Yeah. And when things are bad, um, appreciate the things that are good. Yeah. I mean, because what else? Yeah. Because I don't know what's gonna happen. I love I love the idea of reincarnation. I love the idea of 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 having past lives, and I feel like maybe. I feel like maybe I, I, I feel that sometimes. Um, I love that we don't know. But we just don't know. Uh, but that is so great. I was just watching this documentary about like uh, uh, microbiology. And if you draw this, this biologist, he drew a big circle. He made a line. And he's like, this is how many species of microbiotic species that we are aware of. This line. That's in on this planet. The whole rest of that is like completely Who unknown to us. So there are so many unknown things in this world and and uh I love I love that. Keeps it so interesting. Imagine oh my god, yeah. man. Like what a boring existence. Super boring. So boring. Okay, you've been fantastic. I have one last question for yeah. you. Um what is you, what do you think your purpose is here? I think that my purpose here is to try and remind 
myself and people around me of uh, the beauty of being a, a, a human being. That's it. I think that's it. Yeah. Because I got to remind myself of it constantly. Um, and uh, and I think that other people in my life and outside of my life need that too. I think we yeah. all need those reminders. And I think that is something that I I am uh, good at. And in whatever way that I do that, whether that's through music, whether that's through acting, you know, whether that's through through building a house, you know, like whatever that is, that's why I, I want to do it. Dope. Okay, we're this is the end of the podcast, and I'm gonna go directly into Joyful. So everybody be listening. Oh my this God. song right after he says that, Thank we're you. going directly into my favorite song of the last year. Thank you so much, Sam. We Yo. love you, buddy. The good part. So fun, so man. fun, dude. I love you. Great conversation with my friend Sam from X Ambassadors. Uh, God, I love their music. Like I said, like I promised, I'm going to, at the end of this little outro, lead you off with Joyful. You'll know what I love. This song cut me deep. So, so good. Thank you all. I freaking love you. As always, it means the world to me when you share this thing. Uh, if there's someone in your life that you think, man, you know what, you'd get a lot from this podcast. You'd like this thing. Make sure you send it over to them. Comment, like, share, subscribe, all the good stuff. It means a lot and it really does help. And I will leave you with Joyful. Check it out. You tell me your story But don't leave the good parts out Doctor's notes, swinging votes, but I can't decide if I stay here much longer. Surely you will die. Lived a life full of vice, passion, and crime. Can't say I'm perfect, but I certainly try to be joyful. Sound silly, but I still will try.